This is the least exciting agenda ever. So what happens when the casinos are closed? <laughs> it's it's worth maybe thinking about if we want to dial it back to once every three weeks, once every four weeks until shit opens back up. I mean, shit will be open in two weeks, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it might. <laughs> Howdy, it's Tuesday, April 21st, 2020, and this is episode 124 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Boardwalk Empire. Just love it. Love watching it. Really ready to talk about it. I think we should just do an, a whole episode of Boardwalk Empire. You're terrible. <laughs> ah. Give us give us feedback on, on how that's going, by the way. We'd love to, to hear about it. I have opinions, Craig has opinions, we need to see what's right. But we're going to try to shorten it up quite a bit tonight, so if you're skipping through the end, maybe, you know, give us another shot. I know at least one person said they turned it off when we get to that point. Oh, do you? Really? Yeah. I, have. I didn't even know that, and I still have opinions. <laughs> I received that confirmation to my face. Anyways. You're not helping your case, but I know, that's fine. I'm not. What happened in 1924? Much like this episode... Not a whole lot to talk about. The Hotel Donato opened. It became the Penn Atlantic Hotel later on, uh, but it originally opened in 1924 as the Hotel Donato. It was 60 rooms. Uh, when it first opened, it added another 94 rooms two years later when it changed its name to the Penn Atlantic. Apparently, it was a big deal, popular with athletes. It housed members of the boxing fraternity that sparred in Atlantic City. It was not really like right by the beach. It was on the very confusingly named North South Carolina Avenue and Baccarat Boulevard, which is now just a surface parking lot, not the most exciting thing. I will link to a beautiful picture in the grand tradition of Atlantic City hotels where there's like nothing but the hotel in the picture, like as if there's nothing else in the entire Atlantic City, which we know at least resorts and ocean still to this day employ that technique in their marketing materials and i love it it looks great it's very cube like it's a it's a big box if you feel strangely attracted to cubes you'll really this will be right up your alley hey atlanticcityexperience.org tells me that it was stately so that's all you need to know yeah, that's, that's all i had for 1924 good <laughs> yeah i don't know looks fun I guess I am attracted to cubes. I don't know. What can I say? I didn't know that until right now, but that's what makes life exciting, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, that's a Learn hot cube. Learn something new about yourself every day. <laughs> <laughs> it looks fine. If that sign on it is neon, I mean, that's probably look pretty good. Well, the American flag on top, too. It's just, it's pretty good. Pretty good. So AC Beer Fest has moved to August. I'm sure we're all totally shocked it's not happening right now as we speak or whatever it was. Uh <laughs> Set up to be. So August 7th and 8th, four-hour sessions. Tickets are $60, which seems like significantly steeper than what we paid when we went 10 years ago or whatever. I don't think it's all that much steeper. It, it's definitely increased in price, but it's a very popular event. But I, I don't think it was... I think it was 40 or something. I don't think it was crazy cheap. Uh, that's, I think it was in like, yeah, 35 40 That sounds right. I think it's outpaced inflation. Let's put it that way. Okay. I believe that. But they also didn't have such A-list bands. As Newfound Glory, Goldfinger, and Against Me with an exclamation point. 
I've only heard of Newfound Glory out of them, and I could not name you a single song. Oh my goodness. These bands were very, very popular in like 2001-ish. I don't know. That's almost 20 years ago. Indeed. Goldfinger, I think their best known song was 99 Red Balloons. A cover of the old German 99 Luftballoon song. (laughs) They also had a song about how attractive they found Wayne Gretzky. And that's all I know about Goldfinger. Anyways, is this happening? Do you think this gets pushed again? <laughs> uh, it probably can happen in August, I would think. If it's if it's going to happen in, in 2020, August is probably the right time it's for it. It's quite a large gathering. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't I don't think it's going to be happening in like November. I mean, that's not it's going to be worse then than in August, I think. If there's any hope for conventions in 2020, August will be the month. That's that's my prediction, which okay. is not a very good one, but Dr. Kyle. Yes. That's his prediction. Mm-hmm. Data time. It's it's always data time on do for a win the atlantic city and data podcast we do love data this data is particularly depressing because this, is, this data is terrible there's nothing to be gleaned from it really two weeks chopped out of it pretty i think the casino's closed on um, march 16th the monday yeah. after we got back and halfway through the month exactly two weeks uh cut off from the data so you know the brick and mortar doesn't really tell us anything right <laughs> nope I mean, it certainly, you can tell it was getting soft before they actually closed because they did much worse than you'd expect for it being open half the month, but that is sensible, and I was there the last weekend, and it was completely deserted when I was there, so it's not a big surprise for me. Although you said it was not, it was actually crowded when you were there. Yeah, Friday night got a pretty good crowd, but I think that was when people, everything else was closed, all other entertainment options were closed, and so... The crowds came out because there just wasn't that much else to do. Yeah, the Thursday night, like I said, it was the emptiest I'd ever seen the boardwalk properties, for sure. So um, so just, I mean, for comparison's sake, maybe worth noting that Tropicana was out doing hard rock so far in the month. Bally's, not shockingly, was bringing up the rear. Resorts was barely ahead of them. And then this also wraps up Q1, which, you know, again, with two weeks chopped off of it, is a significant portion of the quarter. <laughs> like... What's that? A sixth of the quarter, yeah, probably? a seventh, maybe. Something like that. Uh, so, you know, everybody's pretty much down 17 to 23%, uh, except for Bally's being down 29%, which is really bad. Hard Rock only down 9%, which is not so bad. And Ocean, 11% better than Q1 2019, <laughs> even with two weeks cut off. <laughs> <laughs> When I saw that little green number pop up in the spreadsheet, I was like, what? How is that possible? <laughs> so that tells you how, not necessarily, I mean, it's it's a good thing that they're improving so well, but it more tells you, I think, how horrible Q1 of 2019 was for Ocean. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the story of the year before, well, COVID-19, which is the real story of the year and probably story of the decade and possibly century in Atlantic City and maybe not century, is the comeback of Ocean from doing just like absolutely awful and and seeming like maybe even going out of business was going to be something that might happen. I mean, now they're doing, let's not say they're doing like gangbusters, but they've certainly turned it around to a really significant degree. And we'll see whenever these things open back up, if they can keep it up or not. It's especially impressive considering the number of prominent podcasters Twitter right, who gambling absolutely hate them. Yes. who are going out of their way to needlessly smear this fine upstanding property. Yes, fine upstanding property, needlessly smear them. 
They've never done anything shady. No. They would never take your comps away. Nope. <laughs> so, I, I mean, the one thing that I was really interested to see was online, figuring a bunch of people are locked at home, not able to gamble. Hmm? Money presumably just burning a hole in their pocket because nobody yes, lost their I, jobs. During I hear this. that everyone is doing gangbusters just as the casinos are. <laughs> But I, I did expect there to be quite a movement to online just because people with disposable income who are fortunate to still have disposable income and are gamblers would want to get their gambling fix and go online and gamble. And so what we saw is that online was up 65% in March from March 2019, which seems like a huge number. So it went from $39.1 million to $64.8 million in online revenue, which is like not an insignificant number at all in terms of like the the overall revenue that Atlantic City makes in a month. February was $218 million total, and you're talking about a solid quarter of that about added onto that in online revenue. So it seemed to me like, oh, 65% up, like that's a massive gain, right? Clearly people are coming to online because they can't go to the casino. But then I thought, well, online gambling was on an upward trajectory before that. And it turns out that in February, gambling revenue was up 64% from 2019 February. And in January, it was up 64%. From January 2019. So basically no change actually in the trajectory of the gambling revenue. (laughs) Uh, So it does not really seem like there was a big rush to online. Uh, Like there's really no indication that there's this movement to online gaming with the casinos closed. I I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, April, which will be all zeros and brick and mortar, will be more interesting. But if that's similar, like another 60 to 70% increase over the previous year, then it'll really tell you that like people who gamble online are going to gamble online. People who gamble in the casino want to gamble in the casino. At least that's my takeaway. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a good research, Greg. But yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting both that it's up so much this year, which isn't a huge surprise, but it's it's interesting that it, it seems like from your data, there's not a big difference from January and February to March, right? Which... I don't know. I think that is pretty interesting. I would have thought it would at least be a few percent. I would have thought it would be more than 1%. I mean, it's just really not a difference. I mean, 1% sort of like within the <laughs> the margin of error, right, of what you'd expect. I, I I would think like maybe there's some people that would do it a little bit more, but perhaps it's counteracted by some people that don't have jobs anymore. So maybe it's, it's net even. Yeah, that's true. Though, I, I don't know if that makes sense. If you don't have a job, you are getting unemployment, so... Though it seems somehow more irresponsible to spend your unemployment on that than your job money on it. Yeah, but I agree. Like, yeah. I personally, I think, would feel incredibly guilty. As a man who spent many a student loan on gambling in the stock market in my younger days, I mean, I can't totally point my finger at those people. <laughs> wow. We are very different people, you and I. <laughs> uh, so my follow-up question to that is... We're not rushing to online. You don't have as much of an option. Yes, I'm in Maryland, so... I mean, I hear that there are places I can go if I'd like to gamble, but I don't feel a strong need to do that. How much of a strong need do you feel to be back in the casino when they reopen? I don't know. I've been thinking more and more about it. This is hard to say, right? There's a lot of factors that go into it, but I think they're going to reopen too early, and I think that, for me, I'll probably try to to avoid for a while not necessarily because i'm worried about getting it or whatever but just because i'm trying to be a good citizen of the earth basically but i don't know it's it's complicated it's complicated i don't think i'm gonna go back right away yeah i i I agree i mean i i hate to be very like non-committal but 
it depends on so many of the factors. I mean, I was looking at the the rate calendars for both Caesars and Borgata, and there's just like comps galore into the summer. I was getting weekdays in July, which I never get any summer rooms normally. At Caesars, they just changed that, so now I only get through all of June. And then Borgata, I'm actually getting as late as they will let me book. They're giving me weekdays. So I think that's like July 18th or something is like the last day that they'll let me book. Mm -hmm. And so they're giving me Monday, Thursday comps in the summer. So I was sort of tempted to just like, you know, usually go out on a Thursday. My being tied to weekends is lifted a little bit in the summer. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking I should just book late July and just hope that it happens. And, you know, I can always cancel. But... I was I was thinking like July, you know, I'll probably feel fine going in July, assuming that the numbers and everything <laughs> make that seem reasonable. But there's also the added aspect of like, what is the experience actually going to be like, right? So it's one thing to sort of have the thought that like, it seems to be reasonably okay to do this, both from a, my own health standpoint, and like you said, sort of like a global citizen standpoint, but you know, like what Wynn put out for Vegas and Vegas is in a very different situation because they have not had sort of the rush of cases that like the East Coast has had, especially New Jersey, is talking about opening in a few weeks or hoping to open in a few weeks with all of these measures in place, including like severely limited table space. Everyone has to wear a face mask on the casino floor, which I don't quite understand how that works. And then just a bunch of sanitation procedures in place. And so, like, if that's going to be the experience, like, I think I'd rather spend my money in different ways or save my money for a future trip than than go to that. You know, I know some people are definitely booking flights and, and hoping that this actually happens and ready to go out to Vegas and experience it. But, like, for me, that's that doesn't sound great to me. Um, and I do think that when stuff reopens, there's going to be a lot of sort of health theater, right? Because like the masks on the floor sound fine, but then like, is there no drink service on the floor? Because people are going to be like pulling down their mask to take drinks or like smoke or whatever. So I think I do sort of wonder about that and, and like how much of this is A, going to affect the experience and B, just in place to make people like feel safe to go and not actually really being effective measures. That was a long journey to various thoughts. I don't know if I agree with the premise that you're you're laying out. I mean, I think, and like I've said, I'm, I'm far from a doctor. It, it seems like masks are really like one of the most effective things you can do to reduce the or not of of the virus. And like, sure, if people are eating, people are drinking, people are smoking, there's obviously going to be some maneuvering of the mask. But still having the mask covering your face for 80% of the time is going to lead to you infecting fewer other people if you happen to be sick than if you didn't have a mask on at all. Same thing if you have three chairs per table game instead of seven. It can't hurt anything. And I I think that it is a sensible thing to do if you're going to reopen. I think it still may be more sensible not to reopen so soon. But I'm not sure this goes into the same category as sort of security theater like you get at the airport where it's really questionable whether any of that does anything and it adds tons of time and overhead and money to your airport experience. So I don't think it's an unreasonable thing for the casinos to be doing if if they're going to be reopening. I mean, I guess I have sort of the cynical view of it, which is that Caesars and I mean, Caesars hasn't sort of outlaid these plans, but we talked about that Tony Rodeo video where he talks about sort of like making the customers feel safe to come back. Like, <laughs> and, 
and then this also talks about like it's not just about safety it's about doing things that make people feel safe enough uh-huh. to come and so i i think my point is less about like that it's these things are not necessary i i think i'm more saying if this is like if these are the measures in place like i don't want to go and deal with that like deal with a mask and stuff like that i i mean i think that's fine and and you cannot go but i just can't see it in exactly those terms because i think it's important that whenever things do reopen up i think people wearing masks in public is going to be an important step that's going to need to be taken and there's going to be some people that are resistant to it so i think trying to normalize that is is probably a good step and people should just get used to wearing them around frankly if we don't want to have a big problem you know maybe not in the summer but in the fall so i just can't i can't quite see it that way yeah, that's interesting. I think I so I think I'm probably focusing too much on the mask thing. When yeah. what I really mean is like, what is the difference in the overall experience really going to be? Like, is it going to be the full featured? It's not, but like, how close will it be to the full featured Atlantic City or like Vegas in this case experience? I mean, certainly, you know what they did in in China a couple months ago as they opened back up in terms of restaurants was, you know, take whatever the normal capacity of a restaurant is and make it like, you know, a fifth at most of of what it was, and that's what they were doing or you know something like a nightclub i don't think that concept can even possibly exist with you know whatever social distancing measures will still end up in place probably until we get a vaccine so uh, yeah i think for for some of that stuff like that that just won't be things that will happen for a while even if the casinos reopen to do gambling yeah. I mean, with all that said, I am still tempted to book that like mid-July date and just see how I feel when time comes. <laughs> like I you mean, have until 48 hours ahead of time to, to cancel it. Yeah. Here's just the problem for me. And like I said, at the last trip, like if I was a slots player by and large, like I don't think I'd have a big problem with going to the casino as much when they open back up just because there's a lot less interaction or whatever. But as a table games player, I, I still feel like that seems like a bit more of a high risk thing to be doing with all the chip touching and and stuff that goes on there yeah i don't quite understand how they figure that out like the chip exchange like do they designate certain chips as yours do they just i don't think they get they can't even do that though because the dealer still has to touch all the chips i just think you just need to act like it's all fine yeah <laughs> certainly i like just admit that certain things aren't going to be perfect but that you're doing the best to the reduce the numbers as much mm-hmm. as you can so i mean the other thing i had question i had was like will you do anything differently than normal once stuff opens up like say everything's open Mm -hmm. and and you feel comfortable enough to go will you do things differently either in terms of your behavior like you mentioned table games versus slots like would you play more slots or in terms of wanting to support certain places in specifically in atlantic city is there like certain places you want to go or what yeah i mean i'd like to think and this isn't something i thought of until now but it does seem like a good time to try to go out and support local businesses a bit more when you go and support the large corporations a little less but you know teach their own whatever you want to do yeah i mean for me like i I think there are probably going to be some people who really base their decision on hey i really love this big casino property and that's Uh where i want like i'm going to go vote with my wallet and say that's where i'm going to go and spend my time which is fine. Like if that's your decision, that's that's totally a reasonable yeah, decision and to that's, make. And, and certainly, some of the casinos are as reasonably small as casinos could be. You know, like Ocean, Hard Rock, and eh, maybe not Hard Rock as much, but like Ocean Resorts. You know, they're fairly small. You know, the Ocean. What it's is it still a uh, a hedge fund? That's uh, yes, 
pretty much what they run. Not that we need to feel super bad for hedge funds, but and resorts, you know, I I think there might just be one or two properties that that those guys own. So it's not quite the Caesars and and MGMs of the world. But even I mean, even if you're a regular, right, even at a big like Caesars property, right, or like Borgata, mm-hmm. you probably have dealers that you're used to dealing with that uh, you want to go support those dealers. Totally, a hundred percent. Or, if, the, or yeah. if there's you know like servers you really like at a restaurant or whatever, like that's that's totally fine. I mean, I would just hope, and it's it's something that I haven't quite worked out for myself yet. What I'm doing here. I mean, I've done DoorDash. A, couple times with big chains but we're really trying to go out of our way to support not big chains right now but and it's challenging sometimes too you know i don't know i'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't do but i think it's worthwhile to to try to spend money at some smaller businesses if that's something you both have the desire and capability of doing yeah i, yeah, I agree i'm not we're not here to shame anyone into doing anything and just saying like from our <laughs> personal standpoints <laughs> right um, i mean i think like i definitely sort of have had this idea in my head even before this whole thing. But now even more, like I would love to just do ideally on a multi-night trip, say like I'm doing a Tennessee Avenue, like Orange Loop night, and I'm going to bar hop at the various places on Tennessee Ave, you know, get drinks at Maid, get drinks at Irish Pub or Piccadilly, go to either Boré or Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, get some food and just kind of like hop around there and really make a night of it where I spend like, you know, some time at each at those various places over the course of several hours, rather than just going for a meal and then rushing back to the casino, which is how I usually do it. And so especially after sort of what we talked about a couple episodes ago, where I was feeling like the the use of my sort of funds on a trip was too tilted towards gambling. That's one way to sort of adjust that and also support businesses that I want to support, especially like businesses that have put money into developing Atlantic City in a way that I really appreciate and really hope is like the long-term future of Atlantic City with like local businesses that are not casinos that are close to the boardwalk. So that that's one thing that I definitely have thought about. I haven't really thought about it too much beyond that because I don't, you know, it's, we have not done a ton of the local stuff in Atlantic City, right? Like, I think when we started the podcast, we were like really not doing any of the non-casino stuff, right? Like, it's the not most- a whole lot. The most non-casino thing we do was like go to the pier go shops at Caesars. Yeah, yeah oh, we would go to Bills, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I'd go buy some stuff for a dollar at Peanut World. Yeah, but seeing that sort of development and where that's going, like it would suck to see that really hampered by this. Hey, let me ask you. This is kind of a non sequitur, but just to follow up on the the whole mask topic. Like, let's say, and like I don't know the answer to this for myself, but like, let's say they open things up. Everyone agrees that masks are probably a good idea, but you, you know, they're not required. You get an antibody test. You actually come back as positive on the antibody test. So you're immune, right? You can't have the disease. You can't spread the disease. Like, are you wearing a mask then? Uh, I'm a person who feels great guilt from others, whether they are sending it my way or not. And Mm -hmm. so I would wear a mask just out of like pure social shaming. Yeah. Because that's very effective on me. (laughs) I think that's good, though. I think that's the right thing to do, because I think it, it, it is at some point about normalizing the mask wearing. So even if you're someone that can no longer is no longer capable of spreading the virus in that way from your lungs, because you can't really have it in your lungs and quantities enough to spread that through that method. Uh, I think it's good. So I, I hope that would be the answer for me, too. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing masks when I go out now here because we have to and I don't find it to be a particularly comfortable experience. But you know, I, I think it's a good thing and I'm happy to support it for as long as it's necessary to. Yep. Should we talk about Trump Plaza? 
Sure. Do for a win, World Headquarters. Do for a win, World Headquarters, according to the podcast logo that nobody ever looks at, probably. <laughs> so, so oh, go ahead. Before we even went to Atlantic City, the day you were got to Atlantic City, Marty Small held a press conference. This was March 12th. Seems like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that the city was going to take Carl Icahn to court in an attempt to force the demolition of the Trump Plaza. Uh, the court filing basically says that city officials believe it poses an actual and immediate danger to life. That's the quote. And so they're requesting immediate demolition or wrapping of the building to keep debris from flying off of it. So uh, the city claims that it recently ran an inspection and found it unfit for human habit- habitation or occupancy for use. So that was the first update. The second update was that Icon's attorney replied saying that there was already a plan in the works, so there's no reason for the suit. Um, I think they said they were confused by why the suit was even posted in the first place. All these are David Danzis articles in the press of Atlantic City, by the way. I will link to them in the show notes. Uh, so they said they'd already hired a demolition project manager and that demolition could happen within two years. And that timeline is based on... Uh, a nine-month window for bidding and getting permits and all that kind of stuff, and then actual demolition taking 12 to 15 months, which I suppose means that they're not just going to implode it, which I think implosions are a thing of the past. Naturally, up to two years, or could happen within two years, not real satisfying for the city, especially when on April 13th, some high winds blew more pieces of the Trump Plaza off of it. Um, so <laughs> their lawyers immediately got to work after that, the city's lawyers and sent a letter to the court saying, Hey, look, more stuff's blowing off of here. And this like fence that they've put up is not enough. And please keep that in mind as you rule. So that's where we're at now. What do you think about all this? I mean, I think that the city and Icon are going to keep doing their thing until eventually they'll probably either, you know, both come to an agreement on what needs to be done and they'll both be satisfied or the court's going to order something one way or the other. And then I guess only one party will be satisfied, but and yeah. the court will as well. The court will order something. It'll get wrapped up in an appeals process that takes more than two years Fair. and it will get pushed back and like it'll be 2030 and the Trump Plaza will still be standing. Uh, don't we have a bet about whether the Trump Plaza is standing or not? Pretty, uh, sure, pretty sure we you're do. The, you're the arbiter of our of our bets. So I th- I think it it must be said about our bets. Let's say just the casinos are shut down for the rest of the year, which they won't be. I think I'm in real good shape in all of them. You have resorts coming in last, and they're well ahead of valleys, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, you have Hard Rock coming in second. They're behind both Harrah's and Tropicana right now. And what was there was a third one we made just just for this year? I think it's possible. Ah. <laughs> Anyway, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about my bets. Like like the odds of me getting some some $10 rolling in or whatever. Yeah, so Trump Plaza demolished by episode 200. You get $10 if it's still standing. I get a dollar if it's demolished. Wow, that seems like the greatest bet of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, all right. My God, I'm such a sharp. You should never bet against me. Even when I make the lines, that's how good I am. I have Ocean beating Tropicana at some point in the first six months of 2020. seems like that is also done for. So I think you, sir, are screwed. And then our last bet, you get $5 if the casinos are open in any capacity by Memorial Day. Oh, yes. I still think the financial incentives are going to be too big and they're not going to be able to contain themselves. I don't know if it's a good idea if they're open by Memorial Day, but we'll see. We'll see what's happening. It it seems like temperature actually has a bit more of an effect on this thing than maybe they thought initially. So as it warms up, I think the risk will go down for a little bit. 
until the fall. Though New Jersey's not the warmest place in the world. No, so New Jersey we'll doesn't see. really get all that hot until like July. So yeah, Maryland, on the other hand, very different climates. <laughs> New Jersey, South Jersey, equable, equable yes. climate. The most equable. Yes. Uh, anything else about this? I don't really have too much else. Uh, I think probably the sensible thing to do is for next episode, we should do a mailbag episode. So Craig, make some posts on the social medias to solicit some questions. Yeah, I meant to do that for this episode and forgot. And so that's why this episode is the way this episode is. <laughs> also because of the hosts. That's just how every episode is. <laughs> yeah. I, I hem and haw. Don't do anything. You talk a lot. I even took one of your opportunities to talk where you could have read all that stuff about the Trump Plaza thing. And I was like, no, Kyle, this is my time to shine. It was better that way. I think it worked out better for both me and you. Should we wrap this thing up? Let us shut it down. Uh, if you want to reach out to us or any of our other fans, uh, you can do so at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our wonderful content and also buy a shirt at do for Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, but not YouTube. Uh, reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for a win or me at Kyle Askin and send Craig some questions for our upcoming mailbag episode to do for a win at gmail.com. Any last words? Yeah, uh, so the questions, I think probably naturally many of them are going to be coronavirus related. Coronavirus related? Bonus points for non-coronavirus questions. The points are worth nothing, but you just know that you'll have my respect, which is also worth nothing. 28,000 bonus points per (laughs) non-COVID-19 question. Yes. It's like uh, you can... uh, well, not you can bet on that. Uh, whose line is it anyway? Yes. Where you just points, get an arbitrary number of points at all times. Yep. Everything is arbitrary in Indeed. that and our podcast. Yes. Should we talk about Boardwalk Empire episode five? You seem like you're ready to be done with it. <laughs> like I like I said at the beginning of the show, let us know what you think of the segment. I don't think it's the greatest, but we'll be pretty snappy. Uh, yeah, episode five. I don't think too, too much really happened uh the plot is basically we got to see uh sort of the i don't know if you would call it a love triangle between nucky and and margaret and van alden though the love in the last two is totally one way um because van alden's a weird guy uh so got to see some strangeness with kind of margaret shutting down a whole bunch of nucky's uh i guess his big party he was having and and kind of ruin his life a little bit which i guess impressed ducky question mark uh got to see them making out at the end of the episode uh got to see a little bit about jimmy in chicago uh you know trying to nurse his lady friend back to health though it didn't go super well (laughs) (laughs) to say the least so she's not in the picture anymore so got to see jimmy smoking some opium at the end of the episode it was that like in in honor of her because she wanted to do that i I think it, it was the most touching way to remember her I'm with Jimmy. So, I don't know. I, I think that's basically what happened. Is there any... What what do, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, more sort of animosity between Nucky's brother and Nucky. So, that's one uh, more thing going on. I want to say the best the best scene of the episode definitely was, was Eli uh, giving his speech at the party. And <laughs> the bedlam that it created. It was very, very good. Between the American Irish and the Irish Irish. Yes. Uh, so, it's funny. I mean, we're just seeing sort of at the start of it, Mr. Schroeder very disenchanted with nucky and nucky seemingly very disinterested and then 
I don't know if she was messing with him. Like she went to Van Alden and gave him the information on the uh, the beer for the mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day party. And they broke that up. So I don't know if she was messing with Nucky to get his attention. Uh, no, I think she was just pissed at him. For yeah, or if she was just not mad. giving her attention. So yeah, I think she was pissed. And then I, my, my other thought was, is Nucky just over there hooking up with her so that she stops messing with him? Because <laughs> uh, that's also, you know, he's a very strategic man. Like I said, I've spoiled myself a little <laughs> bit by accident, so I know a bit more about this than I should right now, thanks to IMDb. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was quite clear that he's was and is and has been quite fond of her. I mean, even when when Eli questioned him about it in the hotel, he's he's basically is like, I need to avoid that just because I don't need the complication in my life, which isn't a very you know resounding dismissal of his prospects with her or whatever, his interest in her or whatever. Uh, I don't have any sort of main thoughts other than nope. like, hey, we had an episode without the FBI asshole and now he's back uh, and as angry as ever. <laughs> Pearl, who was Jimmy's girl, just high off her ass trying to work at the cat house. That was quite disturbing, although not <laughs> as disturbing as what she did later. What happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it kind of once he was in the bathroom, I'm like, I know it's happening. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, I knew something was going to happen because just the, the camera angle, like something that I didn't think it was that, though. No development on Jimmy's mom and Lucky Luciana. Yeah, no, none I of that. That's just, 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 just Jimmyy's wife and the and the photo guy. He yeah, was right so. all along, which also I kind of thought from the first episode that because she never denied it either. Yeah, that, that's true. That was probably a thing. But I don't know. I don't have too much else to say. I had fun watching it again. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll try to keep these at least the short or shorter in the future. And let us know. We can drop this entirely if no one finds any value in it yeah i mean the other option would be to like speed up the watching so that this doesn't go on for 50 episodes but if people don't find any value there's no point in doubling the amount of episodes we talk about every yeah no there's I, no point we could also watch it sort of on background and then if there's something worth mentioning it just mention it mm-hmm. oh well let's see let's see what people say we'll figure it out okay this is your chance to steer our show wrench the controls out of our hands spin the wheel, send us in the direction you want. Sounds good. Yes. I don't know. Any, anything else you want to say before we close it up? Um, Jersey City, my balls. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all in a couple weeks. Send in your mailbag episodes. Mailbag ideas. Just record whole episodes and send them. Yes, send in your episodes that we can put under our name so we don't have to do any work. There was some update about their uh, comp program. I didn't even bother to look at it because I don't have any comps at Ocean. <laughs> That's me doing my research for the podcast. Yeah, man. Ocean sends something out. I'm like, uh, can't be bothered to look at that. I don't run an Atlantic City podcast. Eh, just, just look at it and then fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> just dub yourself over the segment. Yes. Or don't.